This call is being recorded. Hello, everybody, and again, back on Locked on Browns. That is it. The hay is in the barn. It is over the 2021 NFL Draft. Your host, City of Cleveland, Ohio, did a fantastic job. Uh, Even with the weather elements, it seems everyone in attendance had a great time, and most importantly, it seemed everybody adhered, stayed cautious, stayed safe. Uh, You know, it'd be nice if there could be another opportunity down the pike so, you know, the city could, you know, basically, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit even more, uh, allow more people in. Sadly, the situation was what what it is, what it was, but the city of Cleveland certainly did a fantastic job hosting the 2021 NFL draft. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Make sure you're following when the accounts DMs are open, you know, ideas, thoughts, you know, we always try to do the best to accommodate everybody the best we can, whether it is Odyssey, whether it is Spotify, I'm going to keep pushing those until iTunes can get it resolved. Make sure you are following lockdown Browns, five-star ratings, written reviews. Appreciate you all so much for that. Uh, we're going to get to day three talk here. We'll cover the selections. We'll get to some UDFA talk with sports Illustrated, Mr. Pete Smith. Uh, Pete, the day got started, um, and I think, Pete, this is one of the things – we thought maybe an offensive lineman would be possibly brought in at some point, but I think one of the things that is most enjoyable about the way this front office and the way it's totally – you know, the way it is construed the way it is now is there is some mystery to some, you know, things that are done. Things aren't so blatant as far as what they are thinking, so it allows for, you know, better coverage. It allows to be a little bit more stimulated as things are going down. But, uh, you know, first selection – was James Hudson offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. The size is there to stay a tackle. The length, maybe not there to stay a tackle. I don't believe the athleticism is there to stay a tackle. Uh, if anybody saw the bowl game versus University of Georgia, he had a fantastic first half. Um, basically gave Aziz Ojolari a second-round pick from the New York Giants, all he could handle. Uh, Pete, this is one where you have Bill Callahan, and you have this gifted – you know, teacher at the offensive line position. Um, I think one thing, and I know you made the point of it, and for me, I see it as well, is there's a certain aspect that would maybe compare a little bit to Wyatt Teller in just a streak of nastiness, you know, loves the fact that it's a one-on-one battle for 60, 65 plays per game. Uh, But this is one here, and look, this is not necessarily a 2021 move, but Pete, there's going to be a lot of questions about this offensive line going into the 2022 season. And with some work, with some refinement, uh, with Bill Callahan and certainly on James Hudson's part, this could be this could turn out to maybe be something down the line. Maybe uh, I uh, I think it's a little risky to just be of the mindset that, oh, Bill, Bill Callahan said he's good, so he must be good. Uh, his athletic testing was not great. Uh, his film is interesting. Uh, I mean, he's a former defensive tackle. Uh, he's nasty in that regard. You know, he's, he does have that mean streak. Uh, you know, I think he might be happy to move to guard for that reason, that it's just hands-on immediately, uh, like he would be a defensive tackle. Um, I, I found the pick confusing. Uh, I, I thought maybe that there were better – options if you wanted to go with a tackle but just from the roster standpoint this is difficult um the numbers game 
my, you know, the immediate reaction uh, that I think is understandable that I saw from a lot of people is what does this mean about Chris Hubbard? Do they not think he's healthy enough? Is, is there something else there? Are they, are they going to move on from him? Does it maybe save money or whatever? And, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, coming into this season, I figured they would have used the training camp and all that to basically say, you know, we know what you can do. Just get healthy and you'll be fine like you were last year. Uh, and and they, that still may be exactly what happens. Uh, they have uh, some interesting players there already. Obviously, I think Drew Forbes is is really, really talented. Uh, he's a guy where I where I think he has gone from, you know, the heir apparent to right guard to potentially now the heir apparent to left guard. Uh, and we'll see what he looks like uh, after the year uh, having opted out, but I expect he will be very good. You've got Michael Dunn, who had the, the tremendous showing in the playoff game before he mm -hmm. hurt his cap. You've got Blake Hance, who who played uh, you know, a little bit. I, they did sign him. I don't know. You know, I don't think he's guaranteed anything. And then they have Colby Gossett, who's, uh, opted out last year. You know, I, I, I would think one of these guys is going to get released relatively soon with the addition of Hudson, if, if, if he's indeed going to be a guard. Uh, but if, you know, tackle, it's Alex Taylor. It's who I, I think the Browns really like as a swing guy. Uh, they have uh, Greg Sanat, who, you know, I, I feel like signed for the Browns because he wanted more coaching from Bill Callahan in order to try to get himself another job. Doesn't mean he couldn't potentially win one with the Browns, but it just seems like unlikely. So, you know, if you're the Browns and you're going to keep nine offensive linemen, they didn't draft anybody to play center uh, as, as some thought they might. You've still got Nick Harrison. You've got Javon Patterson who can snap. Presumably Nick Harris will win that. That's six. I assume Forbes is going to make the team because I have no reason to believe he won't. That's seven. One of those tackles is going to make the team. If it's Hubbard, uh, you know, he, he, he'd be eight. And then if Alex Taylor's the swing guy, then he'd be nine. And you're sort of like, wait, where'd James Hudson go? So that's where I'm sort of like, I don't know where this goes. Uh, that's not, that's with no Michael Dunn. That's with no Hans, no, no Gossett, none of these guys. So that's where I get, you know, I'm curious. So this may be the move that ultimately means the end of, uh, of, of Chris Hubbard, it might be that, that, that you know, Alex Taylor potentially goes, they, they try to get him back to the practice squad, although he seemed like he was really close to earning a regular, you know, regular season roster mm -hmm. spot last year. So that's where I'm sort of like, eh, I don't know. He's young. James Hudson is very young. He doesn't have a lot of experience uh, at, at tackle, but he, he does have some interesting tape. There are some tools there. The Bill Callahan effect, I guess. I, I'm just, I guess this is the the biggest wait and see of the the draft. It was, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, the numbers were deep, and we talked about this. You know, it, it was almost to the point, you know, where a lot of people mentioned they would draft an offensive lineman. We weren't exactly sure how the math is going to work out, and now it is a deep problem where you know it looks like he could probably field almost three offensive lines. Uh, you know, with what the Browns currently have in house, uh, you're confident in what your starting five is. Um, and then you start to, you know, you peg down back up center and you get to six and these numbers add up quickly as far as to getting to a nine man offensive line. Uh, you know, Hubbard is coming back off of injury. So who knows, you know, what that's going to dictate and how that all works out. Uh, Alex Taylor was a guy, you know, obviously they danced the dance with last year and, uh, you know, got a lot of good coaching. Um, so maybe, you know, they had a thought where he could maybe possibly be in the, you know, the mix as a re reserve here in year two. 
certainly, you know, for me, it, you know, I, I had no problem with them addressing offensive line. I just felt there were probably better ways they could have gone, uh, you know, in round four. Um, and maybe, you know, some of the things that we thought were needs necessarily didn't match up with what the Browns thought were needs. But, you know, that's at the end of the day, of course, it also goes down to, you know, the selections that the other teams are making. Next selection after that, uh, and Pete, you, we had mentioned him yesterday uh, going into day three, uh, defensive tackle Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State. Uh, there's some athleticism there. There's certainly some strength there. Um, and we'll get to, you know, the other addition they made at the defensive tackle room. And Pete, it seems every time I bring up Sheldon Richardson's name, it seems the Browns just want to shut the door a little more on any and all possibility of that. You know, put a tweet out probably about 20 minutes later, the Browns go ahead and select the Ohio State Buckeye, the Columbus kid, Tommy Togiai. Well, Tommy Togiai is interesting because he's not, uh, you know, even really a, not even close to a finished product. He's sort of just becoming a product. He hasn't played more than 300 snaps in any season. Uh, and obviously the the pandemic shortened season was a big factor uh, because I think if he had a full season, he would have had more opportunities to sort of learn and grow into, into what he's becoming. But you're sort of taking this guy with sort of like a, almost like you're peeking through a keyhole at, at what he might be in terms of a prospect, very athletic, uh, great agility and balance. Uh, his, he's got speed. I mean, the, the Browns seem to like defensive tackles with, with speed. Uh, and then, you know, he's, he's got weight room strength. Obviously he did the, the 40 reps at the combine and, and stuff like that, but he is smaller than Larry Okunjobi was coming out of Charlotte. Uh, and and Larry Obi was obviously you know like a freaky type athlete coming out, so it's a little bit of uh, what is Togiai going to look like in two years? You know, is he going to be a much bigger player, or are they going to be content to have him sort of hovering around just that three hundred pound area? He can be a three tech. I think he can do some stuff at nose, but I think he's you know more at home there. But he does fit stylistically what the Browns want guys who can clog up the middle win with power collapse the pocket on the interior so that the guys on the outside can get up the field limit those uh, running lanes for the quarterback or running back and uh, try to collapse it that way so I I don't know how much you're going to see from Togiai in year one uh, because right now you know, with with Malik Jackson, with uh, Jordan Elliott, uh, he, you know, he's, he, he walks in and becomes the third string three tech, uh, which may be the best thing for him that they're not trying to ask him to do much at this year. And, and you know, like like with the rookies last year, if he impresses, then then he'll get more. But that's sort of where it's interesting that it, it, he may be you know, effectively a stash player. Uh, it would on a roster that doesn't have a lot of room for that. So that's where it's interesting. I'm very curious to see what he does in training camp and the preseason and things like that, because I expect he's going to get a ton of work there. And then maybe he, he's sort of not around much. He may, he may, you know, depending on, on how this roster shakes out, which is obviously going to be a big factor, you know, it, it's, it's potentially possible that he's a guy who's inactive on on game days and that's not because he's done something wrong it's just sort of understanding what he is and, and where they want him to go again you know Andrew Barry looked said 
coming into this draft is about investments. I don't know, you know, as opposed to media gratification. I think Tommy Togia could, could help the Browns initially, but I think he's more of the, you know, delaying gratification uh, investment type player. And could lead to a, you know, cheaper, younger defensive tackle room uh, for the 2022 season. Uh, but certainly, look, if you're going to take somebody with the thought process of, you know, there still needs to be some refinement, you know, Togia, you know, brings a nice athletic profile, certainly brings some nice strength, uh, albeit, though, not certainly a finished product just yet. We're going to get back to uh, the rest of the draft selections from day three. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on your latest Locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. This one for me, Pete, uh, did get a little confusing. Uh, Tony Fields out of West Virginia. And normally, Pete, you know, there's usually at least one linebacker per year. We have our eyes on at the University of West Virginia. Although Fields did spend three years at the University of Arizona. Uh, grad transfer, made his way down to Morgantown. One year with the West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, similar, I would say, maybe to Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Uh, there was an interesting uh, piece written by Ben Solak from the Draft Network of maybe you would consider him more of a safety, even though the athleticism numbers don't necessarily match up there. But Pete, I think this is also kind of what we're hammering on is it was great to draft, uh, you know, JOK, but if this is going to be a role type of thing and you want players, you know, obviously with this versatility, this hybrid edge safety, which is, you know, something that Pete, I and a buddy of our James Corburn have been talking about for years. If you think it's a valid role, if it's you have a place for this, it's not the worst thing in the world that you find somebody else who may be capable of doing that as well. Yeah, Fields has played a ton of football, even though he's 21. Um, he graduated three years at Arizona and then went to West Virginia for a year. Uh, he is a productive, smart uh intuitive player that understands where players are going and how to get there but he is a mediocre athlete um based on testing mm-hmm. like he he just doesn't look like i i would i would uh i would expect that uh jacob phillips is is a better athlete pretty much across the board uh at a heavier weight that doesn't mean that that fields can't be effective and in, in that you know, that Rover slash spur, whatever you want to call it role. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if he can make it work because he is so like, like <laughs> usually, usually players like Tony Fields don't get drafted um, because they're undersized and slow, uh, relatively speaking. And that's, that's a really difficult. You said this, you said this about our Darius Washington out of TCU and truth held true on that player. Well, yeah, Darius Washington is like I, I know there were people who were like loved our Darius Washington, you, you know, like we're like I would take him in the second round, 
okay, but he's five eight and ran, you know, four six with questionable agility. Like, what do you do with that? And and the response is, well, he's so instinctive, he does all these things. I get it, but that's that's not an easy sell to your GM <laughs> or an area scout or something going, hey, I, I love this guy. He's five eight and he's slow, but and then you know, at that point it's sort of over. So I mean the Ravens signed him to an undrafted free agent contract that's basically paying him like a sixth round pick. So I mean, they clearly see something in him. So we'll see what that looks like. But it's it's the same deal with Fields. I think Tony Fields is gonna play every special team on the uh, out there. Uh, I think that's a big reason why they got him. But he really is the backup to what Owusu Koromoa is. Like, you know, the comparisons made are interesting. However, the thing I would point out is that, uh, you know, JOK played a ton of slot in college, more slot than he played in the box. Fields played nothing but the box. So it's interesting from that standpoint. It's not to say that Tony Fields can't do anything else. It's just – for whatever you want to say, you know, the, the the types of defenses he's played, he's used to being sort of there and dealing with, with dealing with those, uh, the, the bodies and stuff like that and being able to sort of find ways to make plays. And there's a lot of stuff if you watch him on tape and, and stuff where he's just beating everybody to the point, getting into the backfield and, and making a mess. So there's things that you really like about him and which is a weird trend with some of the, the day three picks the Browns made that they that mm-hmm. they at least seem to play faster than they time. I, I don't know if that's a, a real great, you know, standard to live mm-hmm. by, but this is sort of the unusual uh, draft season we went in. But, yeah, Tony Fields is interesting. Uh, I, I don't think he's guaranteed to make a roster, uh, no. but I do think he will fight like hell and earn one uh, on special teams because he's basically the same dimensions as Tay Davis was last year. Uh, who left in free agency. Uh, and and so if he can do all those things on special teams and then provide sort of depth at this, you know, this, this, this new role that they're sort of crafting, which may involve, uh, you know, sort of fudging lines between linebacker and safety and, and may include some of their actuals that like, you know, Ronnie Harrison theoretically might be in the same mix or Grant Delpit uh, along with these guys that what is this sort of going to look like? And, 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 uh, how do they make this so that these guys are maximized and effective? Because clearly it's something they are actively saying, we are going to do this. So you, you've done this, you've got gotten these two guys. So it's very interesting to see what this is going to evolve into and, and how this works. I mean, you know, if all else fails, you can sort of look at him and go Malcolm Smith, you know, Malcolm Smith, but he's not, you know, 31, 32 area. And, they they have a role for Malcolm Smith. I don't I don't anticipate Malcolm Smith being run off the roster anytime soon. Uh, so you know they're going to have to earn it. But but Tony Fields is interesting. He's he's in the same line with almost all these guys, where they are either went to really really uh, impressive schools or they graduated super fast at other schools. The thing and, you know, what this says to me is, you know, obviously Elijah Lee, Mac Wilson certainly put on notice here, um, you know, as the Browns already, you know, had, you know, linebackers that they were going to trust over those two players anyway. Um, If you can get younger, develop players and, you know, the fact that they're probably going to do a lot of the special teams work probably certainly puts a, you know, a a crunch on both those players in that respect. Uh, Richard LeCount, safety at a University of Georgia. If you do not look at the pro day, and obviously we're going to look at both here, folks. The player itself, 
you know, the statistics, the production coming in from a school like Georgia, where he played as much as he did, would have probably went higher. And now, Pete, I, there was a lot of talk yesterday and everybody trying to say, all right, well, we're going to toss out the pro day, you know, due to the fact that, you know, there was a dirt bike accident on Halloween. My question here, Pete, though, is as far as looking at the pro day and, you know, look, if he wasn't right, he wasn't right. But if it was October 31st and now the pro day, you know, was, you know, somewhere within, you know, probably the last, you know, four to five to six weeks is whatever the issue was from the dirt bike accident is Richard LeCount going to get that back. If he does, you've got a nice player here as a reserve safety. No question about it. But if that doesn't come back, then again, you have a nice player who seems intelligent, but maybe is severely lacking athleticism. Uh, yeah, he said uh, on his conference call that he has recently recovered fully, uh, that it was his foot that was you know, sort of dragging this out. And he didn't really get specific on what he actually did other than to say that there was a fracture in his foot in something with his shoulder. Um, that's interesting to me. I don't know what that means, but I could totally see where, you know, that would take a while to sort of heal properly and get him back to being a hundred percent. He, he initially tried to rush back because he wanted to try to finish out the year. And I think it, he didn't say it this way, but I think there was a setback. Um, and so that we sort of gotten to this point where, you know, the pro day was, He's, if you go, if if you say the pro day is true, he's not an NFL athlete. Um, however, even if you pretend the pro day doesn't matter and that he's a pretty good athlete or just an average athlete, his game at Georgia isn't great. Um, now, the one thing he has is he's got a ton of interceptions over the past 20 games, the, the 14 he played in his junior year and the six he played this year before he, the accident. I, th- I, I think it was seven interceptions over that period. Um, yes, sir. He's good in coverage. He, he, can, he can help you in coverage. And I think that's what he was drafted specifically to do. Um, it seemed, you know, if you, if you get these guys like JOK and Tony Fields who are, are maybe more equipped to play up, that it's sort of understandable that you would also want to get a guy who can play back, which seems to be the thought process here. The problem with Richard LeCount on his tape and in his, you know, what he did in, in college, he tackles like shit. Uh, and he does not play the run well. Um, and in that respect, he comes off very similar to, to Sheldrick Redwine except Sheldrick Redwine came out with 4-3 speed. Um, he's not really any different in terms of his size either. Um, he's like 193 pounds, I think. So he is clearly a coverage focus. He has to get better at tackling. I mean, that is the reason Sheldrick Redwine was not played over uh, over what's-his-face last year. Uh Andrew Sandejo is because he didn't tackle anything. Uh, it also didn't help that he didn't cover particularly well last year, but that's sort of the issue. So, uh, you know, uh, LeCount, again, not guaranteed anything, but if he makes the roster, it's because he can do things 
in the coverage aspect and there's some value there and they believe they can get a more well-rounded player out of it uh, down the road. What, 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 what their schedule looks like for that. I don't know. He's one of the, you know, he's one of the two players that, that uh, is 22 years old in this draft class. Uh, so it, it's curious. I, I don't, you know, he, he, it's the sixth round. You're taking a shot. I, I, obviously I, I have no illusions that he's going to be sort of a long-term answer, but they do need just depth and they need depth that knows what it's going to be able to do this year coming year. And, and he may be able to do that and they may need to go back, you know, later and, and sort of address that. Um, so that's interesting. It, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Sheldrick Redwine and, and Richard LeCount are competing for one roster spot. I would say that's certainly possible. Um, and of course, you know, LeCount would be in the enviable position where he was drafted by this front office and not necessarily Sheldrick Redwine, even though, you know, Redwine, the number's not been called a ton, but there's, I wouldn't say the grades have always been fantastic, but there's been some production and some plays from Sheldrick Redwine when he's been given the opportunity. Final selection in the 2021 NFL draft for the Cleveland Browns. And this, Pete, I mean, the game, you like it. You like the versatility, uh, you know, the fact that he, you know, obviously can run the ball. He has some slot receiving ability. There is that. Uh, another player where, you know, the testing was just woof, woof. I mean, bad, really low. Uh, you know, talk about maybe winning the kick returner job, which I, I don't necessarily know with the foot speed, at least that he showed at his pro day. But a gift for our good buddy, Ryan Burns, nonetheless, uh, running back slash slot wide receiver from UCLA, Demetric Felton. Certainly sounds like special teams is a huge factor here. Um, he said on the conference call that, that he has been in contact quite a bit with Ryan, with Mike Prefer. Yes. That they had some sort of bond. I don't know what that means. Um, so clearly there's interest from that perspective. Uh, his athletic testing is awful. It's like he's was wearing wearing like a, a 50 pound weight vest or something while he was doing it. But on the, the other the flip side of that, on tape, he's a lot of fun and he's really quick and he's really elusive and he can make guys miss and he's a pain in the ass to 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 keep up with in coverage for like linebackers and safeties and stuff. Uh, he's tiny. It gives me more, more reason to believe that the Browns were totally in on Rendell Moore. Uh, out of Purdue, who went to the Arizona Cardinals in the second round, because he's basically the same size. Um, he, uh, he, I think he helped himself quite a bit at the Senior Bowl, uh, going through the routes and stuff like that. He, he's just, he's just a fidget that's really difficult to sort of keep track of. Uh, he, he's a guy who's just constantly. Uh, working his feet and, and making guys miss, and he can win, win at all kinds of levels. I don't know if he's ever going to block anything, but whether you want to put him in the <laughs> slot, the backfield, or, or anywhere on the field, he's a matchup guy. Uh, you know, he's just a problem and a joker type player. Uh, I think the Browns theoretically have two of those just out of this draft, along with Anthony Schwartz, uh, that can do different things. Um, he's not a great inside runner, but he isn't afraid to run the ball either. So he's just does a lot of interesting things. I, I you know, he's going to have a difficult time uh, cracking this roster, but if he does, it's because he can play, you know, basically three positions. He can play running back. He can play uh slot. He can play 
he can he can contribute as a kick returner. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it if that he ultimately were to fall short of making the final roster and then is immediately put on the practice squad uh, and, you know, that they find value with him at some point. Uh, but they, they, he's, they, they used a lot of these day three picks on special teams as they needed to. Uh, they, they lost a ton of special teams reps in the free agency. They lost Javier Thomas and Tay Davis of the Houston, or the Houston Texans. Uh, they, they needed guys who could come in and sort of fill some of these roles and take some of these snaps. Uh, they didn't love their kick returning options last year. Uh, he did not return punts in games at UCLA, but I have to imagine that they're going to at least give him a shot to return punts uh, because why wouldn't you? Uh, but yeah, th- that's sort of an interesting scenario. You know, when you got to this point in the draft, it was sort of like, what could you draft that has a shot to really crack the roster? You know, I would have been, you know, I think felt better about getting another corner in the mix, but I I understand the thought process. There were other running backs I I liked that uh, would have been welcome additions. I really liked the idea of adding Michael Carter, who then immediately got drafted by the Jets, who had a great draft. Uh, so, you know, it's a weapon. Can, can, can he, can, can he do enough to sort of hang around? You know, is this, is this one of those things where he's really elusive on a college field and they get to the pros and suddenly it's like, Oh, you know, he's just getting smashed on the field. That'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, I think there's a long road. And again, I don't think anything's guaranteed to Demetri Felton. Darren Johnson still on a roster. Uh, it was it certainly had, you know, if you wanted to take a day three running back, certainly uh, some other options that I know I felt more confident in. I know Pete felt more confident in. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but again, with, you know, almost anybody like Pete mentioned on this uh, of these, you know, latter part of day three, uh, it's going to be special teams before you're going to even get the opportunity to start looking at, you know, base, nickel, dime, you know, or offense. And as far as, you know, one running back set, third down set. It's it's a while before those opportunities are going to be available for anybody drafted in this position on day three. We're going to get back to a little bit of a UDF uh, undrafted free agent talk. Uh, name or two there to highlight. Uh, more coming on here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on Locked On Browns. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The gar- bars are covered in 1% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are great with your keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, within seconds of the close of the 2021 NFL Draft, uh, it was announced that the Browns had come to an agreement on a contract with undrafted free agent defensive tackle out of Florida State, Marvin Wilson, certainly a player I've talked about a ton. 
Uh, certainly probably helped the cause that his agent, Miss Nicole Lynn, who also represents Jedrick Wills, obviously has a you know strong relationship to this point with this front office. Um, and for Pete, you know, Wilson, you know, it, it's an opportunity where you get to go to a team, certainly, you know, stable, a winning organization. Uh, nothing is going to be asked of him early. Um, you know, he could maybe compete with Togi, but a lot of that is on Marvin Wilson. But Pete, I think the biggest key with bringing this player in is finding a way to relight the pilot light because for two years, Marvin Wilson was a very, very talked about commodity as far as a future, future NFL defensive tackle. And it all came crumbling down in 2020. It wasn't a successful season on the field by any means. Uh, his senior bowl, again, not very good by any means. Uh, but this is one where, it, you know, you're going to have to trust your coaching. You're going to have to trust your organization. And can we figure out what went wrong? And can we essentially rewire this situation to at least get this player back to where he was? Yeah. Uh, so Marvin Wilson <laughs> is a draft pick. You're sitting there going, ooh, injuries, a lot of them, some mystery around said injuries, wasn't as effective his final year, and he even left the senior bowl early with something. Um, as an undrafted free agent, you're going, wow, this kid's got pop in his hands. He can freaking disrupt the interior of the line, and the Browns really need another nose tackle anyway, and he can rush the passer. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, it's, it's just a completely different perspective. Now he becomes very exciting. Uh, if it doesn't work, you know, it sucks, but it's, you know, and, and they're, they're paying him like a six round pick, uh, like they did AJ green last year, but it's not the end of the world. That's sort of where it's going, uh, to be sort of interesting with him because if he can stay healthy and he can stay right and his body's right and he's health and he's just avoids, you know, finding a way to get hurt somehow. He can make this team and contribute as a rookie. Uh, but that's, that's, those are big ifs for him. Uh, based and on it's his all career. on him. It's all on him. Well, like, like, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, he tore his meniscus in high school, had surgery, he had knee injury, uh, in, you know, in college that I don't think had surgery, he had hand surgery and it's not even clear which hand this is how little detail there is. We don't even know which hand or what. Uh, and then this past year he hurt, he had a leg injury, which is what shut him down. We don't know which leg there's some speculation that he was dealing with a knee injury through the year, which is why he played, uh, you know, less effectively. And then it got to a point where they shut him down and he may have had surgery on that which may or may not explain his pro day. Uh, his speed was very good, um, but everything else was pretty iffy, no explosion really, and no agility. But again, you go back to the tape and you see a guy who, when he's right, he can two-gap really well. He can protect the guys behind him, and he can be a bull in a china shop uh, as a pass rusher just throwing dudes aside, and he's fast enough to close on the quarterback and he can put hits on him and he's, he's, he's 300 pounds, but he doesn't look it. He looks bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So when he hits the quarterback, it's a load. Uh, so if all, everything works out and if the Browns decide they're comfortable with keeping five defensive tackles uh, where he's the backup to Andrew Billings, he could be a real value. Uh, 
again, the, the, you know, the, any point you could be like, well, that's the end of it. But man, that could be really good for this team. Fill a need that they that I think they needed to fill. Was hoping they would fill in the draft with some guys. Uh, so this becomes a really big opportunity. And 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 I think why they were willing to pay him as much as they were. Every team seems to do this. Uh, the mm-hmm. Ravens did that with with Ardarius. Uh, Washington, that there's one player that they seem to all basically pay the, the the price of a draft pick for to get what amounts to be an extra draft the pick. Eighth so, round, so to speak. Yeah. So if, if Marvin Wilson, fingers crossed, everything works, I think he could help the Browns right now and make the team uh, and contribute this season. Uh, it, look, for me, you know, hey, an ol in the land always works for me. Um, but there's no getting around that, you know, the last calendar year or so for Marvin Wilson was kind of tough. Um, and with kids these age, it's, you know, hey, look, I mean, do you want it? Do you really want it? Because now here's the opportunity, you know, get back to what, you know, you were, uh, you know, and look, you know, injuries are certainly a cause of it. But, you know, a lot of it at times just, you know, some things look, you know, lackluster and, you know, you question the desire and want to. Um, that's not going to fly. Uh, so when he gets here from May 12th through the 14th, uh, the light, uh, you know, the lamp better be lit. Uh, it's just the way it's going to go for him. Pete, we're getting a little tight on time here, but obviously most of the rest of the uh, undrafted free agents, uh, you know, to this point agreeing with the Browns appear to be cornerbacks, somebody in particular that maybe we should all keep our eyes on. Um, yeah, they, they've sent four, four other guys that, that I know of uh, the, Best of those, at least athletically, um, is Chianti. Where is he at? Is Ke- I'm sorry, Keandre Thomas from Kansas State. Uh, he's not necessarily great production, but he's a really nice athlete. He's 23, so that's why he's here for the Browns anyway, uh, as opposed to being drafted. Um Everybody, Emmanuel Bragamba is another corner they got out of Miami, Ohio. He tested at least re- reportedly four seven four, um, so <laughs> I would hope that's a slot guy. They've also got an edge rusher because they didn't get one in the draft. And what is becoming a tradition, a running back from Charlotte. Yes, um, you know because they have the ties down there. Actually, I think the edge was from Charlotte too. Correct. He has played at three different schools. Charlotte was one of them. Yes, so the Browns certainly, uh, you know, have their uh, hooks into the market, so to speak, down at Charlotte in North Carolina. Uh, Pete's been doing a fantastic job. You've got every pick analyzed. He's got a running tracker for the undrafted free agents. So make sure you're checking all of that out at Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, just a phenomenal weekend, Pete. Again, I always thank you, uh, you know, for all the assistance all the time. Um, you know, this is now uh, – uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 here. We've been sitting here doing this, you know, basically from the beginning of the draft process to the end of the draft process. process. Always appreciate you on that front. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are open, as you guys all know. The Locked on Browns Twitter account, follow back account, DMs are open. Again, still the issues with iTunes, uh, whether it's Odyssey, whether it is Spotify. Eventually, when iTunes gets their act together, make sure you subscribe leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Hell of a weekend. Andrew Berry welcomes a daughter, goes in, works his butt off for three days straight, doing everything he can to finish off this roster, to put him in the best position possible, start talking, you know, maybe challenging for the AFC Championship, challenging to play in the Super Bowl. Great weekend all around 
for the Cleveland Browns and certainly for the city of Cleveland as host of this 2021 NFL draft. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.